This episode has been brought to you in part by the Azrieli Music Prizes. Join them in celebrating artistic excellence at the AMP Gala Concert, live from Maison Symphonique in Montreal, happening October 20th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Orchestre Metropolitain will premiere award-winning music by laureates Aharon Harla, Iman Habibi, and Rita Ueda. Learn more at azrielifoundation.org backslash AMP. I also could not attend services in Charlottetown because we're, we were not allowed to drive into Charlottetown because of the damage. That's the voice of best-selling author and motivational speaker Martin Root talking to me from his home in Charlottetown, PEI. I'd called to find out how he was doing and how he'd spent the Jewish New Year hunkered down during last weekend's Hurricane Fiona. He said not only were people being so incredibly kind and helping each other, but he even felt that the hand of God had a little to do with a chance encounter he had on the eve of Rosh Hashanah with a stranded Jewish American tourist. Martin Root is likely going to share that story with his followers as part of his Project Heaven on Earth movement. Root teaches people around the world how to make small changes that will have a positive impact. He likes to call it heavening, and the people who take up the challenge he calls heaven makers. Root has an interesting background. He was born in Hamilton to Eastern European Jewish immigrant parents. He spent decades as a management consultant, teaching Fortune 500 companies how to inject spirituality into the workplace. He even helped pen one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books called Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work. His newer project, Heaven on Earth, captures his advice on spirituality, but at the individual level. It has, at its core, the very Jewish concept of tikkun olam, to fix the world now. And it's especially timely as Jews move on from the Yom Kippur fast and focus on how they can change their behavior in the year to come. That, that's one of the silver linings for me in COVID, which is it's forcing us to go inside and look at what is the kind of personal life and global life that we really want to have and now is the time to start making that happen. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, October the 6th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Martin Root's message has sparked people to create charity projects and do other acts of kindness in parts of the world as far away as India and in Nova Scotia, closer to his PEI home. You should know that we actually recorded this interview right after New Year's in January, when his province of PEI was digging out from a bad winter snowstorm, and my husband and our two kids and I were in Aruba, where we found ourselves stranded for three weeks after we all came down with COVID, and basically we were kicked out of our hotel and transported to a government quarantine facility for the next 10 days, and it was only due to the kindness of the local Chabad rabbi in Aruba's capital that we had anything to eat that first night, because he sent over a prepared kosher meal for four. Okay, I'm digressing a bit, but this whole Aruba ordeal actually comes up in our interview, since Martin asks me about it directly. And joining me now from his home in PEI is Martin Root. Welcome to the CJN Daily. Thank you. A real, it's a real pleasure to be here. I don't think I've ever been interviewed by a Yiddish uh, newspaper before. 
Well, not Yiddish, but definitely uh, members of the tribe, for sure. Members of the tribe. So, look, we're talking. Uh, I want to share with our listeners, you know, some of your spirituality, how they can do it in this new changed circumstances. So uh, I, I hope that that's, that's where the conversation is going to go. With pleasure. Let, can I give you a little context first for those people who don't know me? I've worked with large corporations, Sony Pictures, Apple Computer, Marion Merrill Dow, Consumer Pharmaceuticals. Uh, I've spoken at the Harvard Business School four times on the topic of vision. As you said, uh, I'm co-author of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work with sales of over 1.1 million copies and translations into 15 different languages. So, So I've always been fascinated with the idea of What's a vision? How do you evoke a, a vision in a in an individual and in a company in a group? And how do you make that real? And what stops it? And then, about thirty years ago, I was going to do a conference, speak at a conference rather on spirituality and work. And I was sitting off by myself, just kind of contemplating going going on stage. And this thought came to my mind: if every business in the world is spiritual. Is that what you want? And I said, no, not really. Because if we could transform work, if we could transform business, that's a lever for transforming the world. And then this thought popped into my mind, oh, you mean heaven on earth. And my first reaction when I heard that phrase was, oh my God, you can't say that. But as the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, wait a minute, I can talk to you about hell on earth. That's a permissible conversation. Why can't I talk about heaven on earth? And again, not to impose my definition of heaven on you, but rather to evoke what heaven on earth is for you from your perspective. And so that's been the the work of the last 20, 30 years. Um, we'll, we'll go more into it, but that just gives a framework for, I think particularly at this time of COVID, the environment, the threat of nuclear weapons, now, there's there are massive issues facing us, humanity. We need to have a new vision, a new story of what it means to be a human and what it means to be humanity. And I'm suggesting let's, if we had a magic wand, let's just go for it. So by asking hundreds and hundreds of people, what is heaven on earth? I developed three very specific questions that get at it. Now, you and I didn't disclose, didn't talk about this beforehand, but are you willing to jump in with me and answer the questions, not even knowing what they are? I actually have thought about it before and I'm ready. Oh, because you, you, you downloaded the free course. Yeah. All right. So question one, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth. What was going on? Yesterday was heaven on earth. I got to snorkel with my husband and one of my children off the coast of Aruba in the most beautiful beach, seeing the fish swimming, feeling alive, being healthy, um, watching the sunset with my son and having a beer and pizza and just being grateful that we survived COVID. Very clear. All right. Here's question two. Imagine you have a magic wand and with this magic wand, you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth for you? I would make everybody have enough food. I would, because that's been my thing is food banks and meals on wheels and cooking for people and, um, you know, poverty. Um, that's what I want is so no one should be hungry. Very clear. And then the third question, what simple, easy, concrete step will you take in the next 24 hours 
to have more of that? Well, I made a donation already to the local Chabad synagogue here in Aruba, and they will use that to feed starving people. Very good. And it's because you have inside of you what I've been calling the already knowing. There is a part of us that already knows what heaven on earth is. And when I ask the question, recall a time, you scan your life and you go, oh, yesterday. Notice I didn't define any of this. I just asked you the three questions and boom, you went right to it. That's um, a very beautiful experience I've just gone through with you. But we need to pivot back to uh, our listeners. Uh, hopefully they can do that as well. But I want to I go back to where we started, which is making heaven on earth while the world is having these existential challenges of COVID wars, you mentioned uh, human tra- environment. trafficking, environment. Yeah. There's so much to cope with right now. It's actually been, believe it or not, the reverse. Because what I think is happening is with those major issues facing us, that there is a desire for a new context, a new story. And the situation in many cases is so bad that people go, all right, whether this is possible or not, whether I believe it, I don't care. I want a new story. I want a new reality for myself, my children, my grandchildren, and the world. And all right, this guy sounds a little nuts at the beginning, but maybe he isn't. Because what I've noticed, Alan, is once people get over any resistance they have to the words heaven or heaven on earth, and they actually see within themselves what it means to them, and that they can actually take a simple step to begin moving, then that momentum begins. If the entire world thinks there's nothing I can do, that's just the way it is, then we have a situation that's stuck. You can't give up. You cannot give Tikkun olam, you cannot give up. No matter what, you've got to keep going. And, and your tiny action does make a difference. So let me give you some specific examples to your question of what individuals are doing. There's a woman, a real estate agent in Halifax, Brenda McKenzie from Engler and Vocler Real Estate. We had a talk years ago. What's, is there a suffering in the world that's affecting you? Yes homelessness. And she went white. You could see the deep, deep hurt from homelessness. So what are you going to do about it, Brenda? Well, I don't know. You know, I said, fine, fine, fine. What are you going to do? She came up with this idea called a home for everyone in which each agent in her agency contributes a hundred dollars. I believe it is from the sale of every property that goes into a pot And that pot was recently used to buy a home for a man who's undergoing severe kidney failure for he and his family. Now, from something that there's nothing I can do about it, it's impossible to this. People look and go, oh, you are making a difference. Well, what I could do is, boom, we're in. Well, we're talking about tikkun olam. Of course, there's this famous proverb, Rabbi Tarfon, yours is not to complete the work, but you can't not start or do something. Or I probably mangled it, but you know where I'm going with that. That's Um, exact. How did your Jewishness uh, and your Jewish upbringing influence or inform the work that you have created? Interestingly, when I came up with the idea of heaven on earth, it didn't dawn on me what really that was about. I thought it was a visionary statement when I heard it, first of all. And then I had a very dear friend, Rabbi, God rest his soul, Shalom, Rabbi Jamie Weinstein in, in L.A. And we were at dinner one day and he said, you know, this is tikkun olam. And I went, what? 
And I went, oh my God, Jamie, you're right, you're right. We, you have a unique contribution to make to making our world work. I want to unlock that and get you into action rather than having you hunker down and hide. I know it's bad. I mean, I get caught myself too. I'm not always positive. I'm not always up. You know, there have been times in the last couple of weeks that I've just gone to Zoom and gone to YouTube and gone to overeating. But I realized that that was my mind getting to me. And I thought, no, 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 you can't do this. You cannot do this. You've got to, well, the word that I'm using is joyful discipline. You've got to have your soul win now. So the problem is that, you know, people think, great, I can let somebody go in front of me in line to buy a necessity. I can pay for somebody to, if they need, I can deliver groceries to Jewish seniors. But what about the global picture, leadership? There's so many people angry at their governments and their hospitals and, you know, uh, the professionals who are supposed to be knowing how to run this place, right? Run the joint that I'm wondering what you're seeing. You looked online. What are you seeing from people who, despite their small attempts to change the world and find heaven on earth, see the big guys aren't doing it? So I was listening to my friend Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup last night. And he said, one of the things you have to do as a foundational element in having a successful next phase of your life, whatever that is, is you have to stop blaming and complaining. That doesn't get you anywhere. You have to be responsible for where you are and responsible for where you want to be and to get there. Talking about heaven. Yeah, Jews and Christians and Muslims, they have a different, and Sikhs, they have a different view of heaven. Correct. Um, how has it been received in the Jewish world by Jewish people, your idea of creating a heaven here on earth and not waiting to go to Olam Haba where, you know, things will be good? You know, because the Christian milieu so so influences the Jewish milieu as well. When I started this work, people, I asked, like, what's heaven? Heaven for most people is Olam Haba, the you know, next door, upstairs, not here, not now. And if you think of that, that's really, that's terrible because it's saying, okay, if this is not heaven, then we can put up with the sufferings in the world, which I don't agree with. The the notion that, well, the Christian context, we got kicked out of the garden and we can't go back in. In the Jewish context, it's really interesting. I phoned a Chabad rabbi in uh, Santa Fe when I was in the early stages of this work, and I said, when they got kicked out, Adam and Eve, does it say anywhere in the Torah that they can't go back in? And he went, I don't know. No one's ever asked that typical, you know, rabbinic answer. So he comes back the next day and he goes, no, it doesn't say that. There are two verbs. One is vaygaresh, they were sent out, and one is vayashlech, they were sent out. Vaygaresh is interesting because if a man wants, in Orthodox Judaism, if a man wants to, to uh, divorce his wife, he garesh, he sends her out of the house. And I, but I said, well, but wait a minute. If I divorce, God forbid, my wife, and then we decide afterwards, no, 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 we want to be remarried again, can we not be remarried? And he said, well, as long as neither is married again, yes, you can. So I said, so garesh is not one way. And he went, no, it's not. And vayashlach means to be sent out with a mission. In Chabad, you know, shaliach to be sent out with a mission. I think our mission is to recreate the Garden of Eden here, to take the sufferings, the unnecessary, stupid, deeply hurtful sufferings in the world and clean them up. That's our job. So 
what, wherever on the spectrum of tiny, whatever simple is for you, do that. And that will begin to make the difference. Let me know what you think of this episode and Project Heaven on Earth. And by the way, this coming March will be the second annual Global Heaven on Earth Day. And you can find all the information about that and the link to his website and his book and his free course in our show notes. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Adrian Feigelson of Toronto. And we'll end with the rest of Martin Root's Hurricane Fiona story about his chance encounter with a stranded American Jew. Sort of like a mini come-from-away miracle. We'll be back after Thanksgiving and Sukkot. Thanks for listening. Hurricane Fiona hit us last week with fury and strength. We knew it was coming and would hit the east side of the island, so my wife and I and my sister, who was visiting us at the time, decided to move to a hotel 40 miles west in Summerside. A couple days after we got to the hotel, I was walking down the hall, and an elderly gentleman was in front of me. We made some small talk, and that was it. Next morning, my wife, sister, and I were having breakfast, and that same gentleman and his wife came over to say hello. During the course of the conversation, she said that, that her daughter had had a new baby. In fact, both of them were now new grandparents. My wife and I both reflexively said, muzzle tough. He looked at me, his name was Craig, he looked at me as if he knew what I was saying. And I said, do you understand what we just said? He said, yeah, I'm a Jew. I said, what? You're a Jew? Yeah. So we got talking more and more. And in the course of the ongoing conversation, I said, you know, Rosh Hashanah is coming up on Sunday night. He said, yes, I know. I have a machzor, a siddur, a prayer book, one for Rosh Hashanah and one for Yom Kippur. I said, what? You have it here? Yes, I do, he said. Now, you have to understand that not only were my sister, my wife, and I transposed into this hotel in Summerside, but also he and his wife, who were with a group of about 50 other American tourists on a bus tour of Eastern Canada had been planning on going to Charlottetown but couldn't because of the ravages of the storm and so ended up at the same hotel. So I said to him, I'd love to see this, those two sedurim. He said, fine, come to my room. So I go up to his room and there he pulls out a sitter for Rosh Hashanah and a sitter for Yom Kippur. I was literally in shock. I couldn't believe how God had brought all of us together, and here I was looking at two prayer books. So I said to him, can we do a little davening tomorrow morning? And he said, sure, fine. So we, uh, unfortunately, he and uh, the group did leave that morning, but I saw him, and I just thanked him and thanked him. And the kicker to the story was, his room was directly across from our room. Now, in a million years, you could never write a script like that. Nobody would believe it. And yet, here Hashem had brought uh, all of us together so that I could see his sedurim and partake, in a way, in Rosh Hashanah. And his name is Craig, but his Yiddish name is Yechaskel. My English name is Martin. My Yiddish name is Moshe. So Yechaskel and Moshe celebrated Rosh Hashanah, as did the rest of our families together in this most unusual, 
most Bashert way. Thank you.